learning. And because they're lessons I'm learning, uh, we're going to start them all with an L here to help us uh, remember them. All right, the first one, and uh, this might sound a little strange to begin with, but it is uh, the Bible. Uh, let's go to Genesis 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 24. Genesis 2, 24. And so the first uh, lesson is to leave, to leave. Okay, and you say, well, that sounds really strange in regards to, to marriage. Well, let's look at what the Bible says here. In Genesis chapter 2, God is the designer of marriage. He's the one that came up with the concept. He came up with the definition of it. Nobody gets to change God's definition of marriage, all right? And, uh, and, and if, if people do try to change it, they're going to make some, some, some really bizarre things, okay? When they try to change God's way of doing it, they come up with some really weird concepts, let me tell you, and the world's doing that today. But uh, here it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. So you got a, you got a man and you have a wife there, all right? That's, that's, that's biblical. And, uh, and so there's the, uh, there's the word leave. And, and so this, it's just the idea now. It's the, it's the idea that if, someone, if a man is going to be married, he has to be a man, okay? He has to arrive to the point where he is ready now to be a leader, all right? He's going, as it were, um, out from under leadership in, in a very specific and a very detailed way now to say, you know, God has brought me to this point where I'm going to lead. And it's not that he's, you know, like leaving his parents in the dust, like never paying attention to them anymore, never considering them anymore. It is now you have a separate unit here. You have a fam another family unit. It's a beautiful thing. You had the family unit that they came from. That continues to exist. That continues to be acknowledged. That continues to be honored. But then you have another family unit here that you, you, have, you have now left to put your heart into that. And it's like multiplication, right? And, 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 and that's God's way. God's way is, is multiplication and a vision for multiplication. And so that's what you have, you know, um, a hunter and Mimi, you're, you're now a family. And, uh, and sure, I mean, Hunter lives in, in the same area. He lives next door, next door to us. Uh, we did put a doorway between the apartments and barricaded it with a fridge, I think, or something, right? So we can't go through there or anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, they do live next door, but, you know, they're their own family unit. We recognize that. We're not going to tamper. We're not going to let the Lord lead in their lives. And, and if they come to us for advice or for prayer, we'll be open to that. We'll be, we'll be there for them, you know, and I'm their pastor as well, which makes it even more, uh, you know, kind of different. But uh, the fact of the matter is that, that Hunter has come to a place now where he has become a provider, He's become a leader in his own right, and he's left in that sense now to cleave uh, unto, unto his wife. And so, you know, we, we need to, to think of that. I mean, um, when, when, it, when it comes to that separate family unit, primarily now you're under God. And you still honor, but you've got you to think, okay, you know, man, that, that, the implications of this are really big. I'm directly under God's authority here. Uh, as a man and the wife, uh, as, as, as she follows that leadership. And uh, so just that concept of, of, of leaving there, it's not a negative thing. It's, it's, it's a beautiful multiplication uh, in, in, according to God's design. Second, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I know we preach mostly expository here. This is more topical today, but um, we'll keep it in context. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. First Corinthians chapter 7, it says, verse 3, let the, what's the next word? Husband render unto the wife. There it is, okay? Husband, wife, render, render unto the wife due 
benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto her husband. So they're both rendering to one another do what? Benevolence. Now, it's a term we don't use a whole lot, but the term really means goodwill. It means kindness. It means a, a, just a preference of heart and mind towards, towards the other. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we'll call, that, uh, um, we'll call that learning. We'll call that learning about one another. Right? If I'm going to have goodwill towards my wife, if I'm going to treat her um, in, in a way that's honoring to her, I have to learn what she likes. I have to, earn, I have to learn what pleases her. I have to learn you know, something about her personality. I have to learn, you know, one put it this way, what makes her tick versus what ticks her off. Right? I have to learn uh, just uh, the things about... Um, you know, her, her nature and, and the things that, 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 she, that she finds fulfillment in. And the Bible actually talks more specifically about that even. Let's go to First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. I'll turn over there, First Peter chapter 3. And in First Peter chapter 3, if you look at uh, verse 7. It says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to, what's it say? According to knowledge. And so that's learning. That's learning about the other person. All right? It's taking into consideration. What do they enjoy? You know, it's taking into consideration. How can I be a blessing to them? How can I give due benevolence to them? And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, there's things that my wife enjoys that, don't really do a thing for me, really. I mean, I'm, like, she really enjoys being in the garden. I'm not a gardener at all. I mean, I appreciate it. I like the produce. I think the flowers are pretty. But, uh, you know, I have to appreciate the fact that that's something that she really enjoys, and I have to find some measure of, of interest in that, you know, to foster that in her. And to say, to not act like, hey, you know, because that's something I would never do, that it's dumb that she wants to do it. I don't know, be fully behind. Like, she enjoys working in the garden, those flowers. And some people might look at that and say, well, you know, if you're not growing 100 bushels of produce every year and canning them all, that's just a waste of time. You like to, look, she likes flowers. God made flowers. She finds joy in that. My wife has, has blessed a number of people. I'm not bragging, you know, but I'm just saying that she, she, she has found a blessing in just, you know, doing flowers for, for, for our daughter-in-law's weddings and, and, and for others. And, and it's part of God's beauty. It's part of God's blessing. And, uh, and so I learn what she enjoys, and I try to be an encouragement to her in those things. And, and so it's just learning about one another. And, you know, and there's, there's things like, I mean, my wife, I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't understand this, but maybe some of you have the same. Uh, like if I turn the windshield wipers, if I just turn the motor off, and the windshield wipers like right in the middle there, that doesn't bother me a bit. Like the windshield wipers, ring, 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 ring. I'll just turn the engine up, and the thing's right there, and I'll just get out, and it won't. I'll think nothing of it. That drives my wife nuts. She's like, would you please shut the windshield wipers off before you shut the engine off? I'm like, why are they shut off when they shut the engine off? They're not mo- no, they've got to be all the way down, okay? And then you shut the engine off. Any of the rest of you like that? Okay, weirdos. All right. Uh, but like, you know, so look, that's the least I can do, okay? If that bothers my wife, look, you know, that's no big deal. I, I, can, I, can, shut the, I can shut the thing off. I may think it's ridiculous, but dwelling in with her according to knowledge, if it bugs her, I'll just do it. It's fine, right? And, uh, 
You want me to give you more? No. <laughs> okay, I'm learning. All right. Um, so dwell with, with your spouse according to knowledge. What's the, you know, the, the, the big enemy of all these things is really just self-centeredness. Right? That's what I talked about in science because pride, right? And the man, they goes in there, well, you know, they're made to, this woman's made to submit to me and, and serve my needs and, you know, bless God and, you know, that sort of attitude. And, and by the way, like, that's sort of like, that's sort of revered in some fundamental Baptist circles. You know, that whole bluster man thing. That's not godly. You know, the mutual submission, the, 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 the biblical uh, pattern is, is for due benevolence one to another. You know, there's, there's kindness in that. And I'm not saying I have all this down, but there, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's things we need to see scripturally in this regard. So leave, learn, and then maybe right along with that is listen. Listen. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to be slow to speak, okay? And we're supposed to be good listeners. We're supposed to be good listeners. The way that we learn from one another is by listening, and, and let's take it even further, the way, that we, the way that we show appreciation to somebody is with attentiveness. With attentiveness. Now look, I know many of us, we have marvelous ideas, we have incredible insight, and we have tremendous eloquence in expressing our thoughts at any given moment. But you know, after a while, people aren't, they're not impressed with that. Especially our spouse. <laughs> the ones that have to live with us all the time probably become, you know, maybe it was charming at the beginning that this guy was a know-it-all and always had that wears off, okay? And you know what becomes more and more important in a relationship is attentiveness. Learning to listen. Learning to listen. I'm not saying I'm the greatest of that, but I'm saying I've seen the value of it. I've caught myself at those moments where for some reason, you know, something on uh, social media or on the World Wide Web on, you know, the, my phone has obviously captured my heart from a distance, much more than my, my very sweet wife that's right in the same room with me. And she's having to battle that, right? I'm thinking, ah, you know, and I'm one-track mind, male, and I'll be, you know, okay, okay, just set that thing down. Set that thing down. Just attentiveness. Atten listen. Listen. And, uh, and, and husbands, you know, listen to your wives. Wives, listen to your husband. Have a conversation. You know what the, the, most, the most fulfilling conversations are ones, and I, I, I talk to my wife about this once in a while. I say, you know, I really enjoy talking to so-and-so because I felt like I talked and I communicated, but they did too, and we listened to one another. It was like a conversation, a conversation, like a two-way conversation, right, instead of just like a monologue. Um, and uh, those, are, those, are, those are the most fulfilling. You, you know, you, after you leave, you're like, well, that was, that was good. I enjoyed that. There was, there was, there was a mutual relationship there and, and, and attentiveness. And, uh, and so, listen. Number four, let go. Let go. Let's go to a couple of passages here. Colossians 3.19. Colossians 3.19. So moving pretty quickly, but these are just very practical things that have helped me that I'd share with uh, 
the newlyweds here and others that could benefit from them as well. All right, we're in Colossians uh, chapter 3. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives, and look at this, and be not bitter against them. You know what leads to bitterness? Is when you don't let go and that root takes hold, and then that root of bitterness becomes something prolonged and unnecessarily um, you know, uh, prevalent in your heart. Be not bitter. And I think of that so many times. Because, you know, I mean, th there's a reason why cliches come about. And the one that says familiarity breeds contempt. There's so many times when, you know, my, 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 the love of my life, the one that chose to put up with me the rest of her life, one that does my laundry, cooks for me all the time, supports me. You know, there's times when I find in my heart there's a little bit of bitterness creeping me up towards her in certain things. And I'm just being honest with you. I mean, that's, that's alarming when that happens. And you're just thinking, man, what a wicked heart. And then you're thinking, you know, you know devil, no, you're not going to have that ground. You know, I'm going to take that back right now. I'm going to say, no, I'm not letting that bitterness, I'm not letting that root take hold there. And uh, I know newlyweds, maybe it's a little hard to understand, but, you know, somewhere along the line, there's going to be those, those things. The, the, the devil hates your marriage. And uh, he does not want you to, to learn these biblical lessons. He doesn't want you to dwell with each other according to knowledge and give benevolence toward, towards one another. He doesn't want you to be good listeners. And uh, he doesn't want you to let go of things. Look, hey, look, anybody you spend any amount of time with under the same roof, there's going to be issues. There's going to be offenses. There's going to be things that happen, all right? You've got to deal with it. You've got to let those things go. You've got to do it like the Bible says. You know, don't let the sun go down on, on you, right? You know, to, to, to say, look, I'm not going to give ground to the devil in that regard. I'm not going to give that ground to him. That old devil that wants to destroy everything that's good, including that the greatest things of all, like this marriage he's given me. You know, I'm not going to let him have that ground. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is a great passage in this regard. And some of these passages, you know, we hear a lot. We need to take a fresh look at them because the reason why we've, we've heard them quite a bit is because we need to hear them quite a bit. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 to 32, I'm just going to read down through. Just let these words, you know, just, just reach your heart right now and permeate your minds. Um, Ephesians 4, think of them in the, in the realm of your relationships, especially in your marriage relationship, but any relationship. And it says here, Ephesians 4, verse 26, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steer no more, but rather let him uh, uh, labor, it says there, working with his hands, the things which is good. And, uh, you know, you need to invest in your, in your relationships, in your marriage relationships. You need to put effort into that. You need to work. That's a good ground to work right there, uh, to be purposeful in. And, uh, and so that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Use the communication in your, in your marriage to build, in any relationship, to build, to edify, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now look at this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And uh, like we've spoken of before here, you know, uh, one of the sad things in, 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 in marriages many times is anger in marriages, especially men who are angry, and speak bitterly. Uh, to, to, to their wives, and there's clamor in the home, and, and there's evil speaking, and there's abuse with the tongue. It says, let that be put away from you. 
And, and any malice, let that be put away from you. Look at this. It says, and be ye, what? Kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And, yeah, because, you know, you tend to think, well, yeah, you know, he's forgiven me because I'm, you know, I'm such a good person. And, and uh, he's, so, he's so generally pleased that I just, I'd be easy to forgive. No, no, humanly speaking, humanly speaking, when you think of, of who you are compared to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that's a far bigger separation than any, than any unrighteousness you've ever had in any human relationship. But yet, what did God do? He forgave us. He was tenderhearted towards us. He was kind towards us. And, uh, and, and he let, the, he let the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the curse and the offense of our sin uh, go um, out of love. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you need to let some things go. Like if they're festering in your relationship, some things you just got to let them go. Or talk it out. Get them resolved. But don't let them uh, continue to destroy, uh, for sure. Well, uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 5 and the next one. And the next L lessons for, for marriage here, finish strongly, uh, is, is the word lip. Is the word lip. All right? Proverbs chapter 5. This is one of my favorite ones here. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5. It says in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15, this is good. It says, drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. What's it saying there? God has given you a cistern or a well that you can drink from freely. You can find refreshment, full refreshment. You can, you can have liberty in you can partake of and enjoy. And it says, Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not a stranger with thee. Let thy fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. And what I'm saying there is, look, a lot of times we're focused on what God has said no to, but think of what he said yes to. Think of what he said to you, you know, just, hey, I've given this gift to you. Enjoy it to the fullest. Live it out with vitality and enthusiasm. And, you know, the devil wants to deaden all that kind of stuff. Anything that's conducive to life and vitality, he just wants to deaden it. I mean, think of how our society is deadened by just, you know, just the, the, the technology and the electronics and all things. I mean, they get really excited because, like, this is, like, really, really uh, 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 vivid graphics. Very realistic graphics. Well, but the real thing is like right there for you to do, but you're really impressed with the electronic version of it. I'm just saying, you know, like it could be anything. Like people, you know, I mean, people, you know, they're playing a video game, some sport. And they're talking about how realistic it is when they just go out in the backyard and throw the football around. You see what I'm saying? And uh, there's so much for us to enjoy there. And, and God says, look, I've given this to you to, to live life to its fullest. And my wife is, is one that she loves to just to enjoy life. And there's been a lot of times, you know, where I'm just kind of there and I just want to veg out or I just want to just kind of, you know, just kind of exist. And she's like, go, let's go do this. And I'd be like, I don't really feel like doing that. Oh, come on, we really have to. And uh, the boys can identify I me. Mean, it's like, I just want to, I don't want to do anything right now. She's like, no, come on, let's go, let's go do it. And then what happens, guys? We go and we have a great time with mom, right? And we're like, mom is fun. Mom, mom, she gives us to have a good time. You know, Dad, we're having a good time with Dad because he just went along with Mom's program, basically, all right? Uh, but Mom, she's, she's fun. Why? Because she's enjoying life. 
She's saying, hey, look, let's, let's, let's enjoy this day. Let's, let's get what we can out of this day. Let's not miss those moments. Let's take advantage of, of what life has to offer. Everything that God says, this is good. You know, go, go, take, go for a hike with somebody. Go, go out to, to this place and enjoy this activity. Uh, play a game together. Do something that is all about real life and building those relationships. You know, live together. And, uh, you know, some of you, some of you have, well, you, 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 don't, you don't have your, your life mate with you anymore. And uh, you're looking back and you're thinking, you know, part of, part of what, you're, what, you're, what you're wrestling with now is, is you're looking back and those things that you lived together. And you think, oh, man, I miss those things. You know, I miss those things. Or maybe sometimes you might even think, you know, I wish I had just taken time just to do that. You know, they wanted to do that. Just go live. Squeeze every moment you can out of things, you know. Um, uh, find the joy of living life for the exciting thing that, that it is. And then uh, finishes these two quickly. Um, the obvious is love, is love. And uh, let's go to, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, thank you. I know it's tough after lunch, and uh, it's been a, a little longer service here. But so I encourage you with these things, and especially to the newlyweds, but to all of us, really. And uh, Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Pretty common scripture uh, as well. I don't mean common, uh, but uh, like uh, well-known. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 5. And we'll pick it, just look at there at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself uh, for it. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the idea there is that this, this at times, it's, gonna, it's a sacrificial love. It's a love of saying, you know, I cherish, I, I cherish and I choose to give of myself. And, um, you know, just uh, um, biblical love. And the devil, he loves to offer a, a perverted uh, alternative, you know, cheap alternative to everything, counterfeit. And so people, you know, a lot of times they're feeling like, oh, I just don't feel like I'm loved anymore and I'm not getting the fulfillment that I want out of this relationship. And so they go, you know, they go running after uh, the devil's counterfeit and what the world calls love. And they get a bunch of foolishness that really has nothing to do with love, right? It's just a big counterfeit that, 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 that leads nowhere. And instead of saying, hey, what can I learn about how God has loved me? What can I learn about how Christ loved the church? And how can I be the right kind of lover in my relationship? And I don't mean, you know, I'm talking about just a, a, a lover in the biblical sense of it. One who loves is what I'm saying. One who loves. One who doesn't, because... Well, how does Christ love the church? Does Christ only love the church when the church is performing the way it should? No. Christ gives himself for the church. And it's a winsome love. It's a love that when we see it, we're like, wow. That draws me. That compels me. You know, many times a wife is struggling in the relationship because the husband is not loving in a, biblical, in a biblical manner. And uh, there's, two, there, there's two things I would say if I were to narrow it down. This, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. As a man, I want to be respected by my wife. I don't mean like respect, like you better respect me, obey me, but just feeling like she respects me. You know, if I think that my wife isn't respecting me, that's a bad moment for me. Like I want to, I got to get that back somehow, you know. 
And for the wife, I think it's just being loved. A husband wants to be respected. A wife wants to be loved. I think that, generally speaking, is the way, the way it is. Well, the last one is look to the Lord. Let's finish here, Proverbs chapter 3. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. And say, yeah, that, that's, that's obvious. Well, it might be, but it's the most obvious things that escape us so many times. Proverbs chapter 3. Again, these are all well-known scriptures. But you can underline them in a fresh way here, in the context of relationships even. Look to the Lord, and it says here, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And so what's, what's the idea here? Well, the idea is that both spouses are to say, Okay, God, how can I depend upon you in my marriage? How can I look to you in my marriage? How can I say in my marriage, I don't want to just you know, go with my own uh, way of thinking, my own uh, um, wisdom, but I want to acknowledge God in all of, all of my ways, in all of his ways uh, for my marriage so that he can direct my paths in that. And like we've heard so many times, you know, when you have two spouses that are trying to get closer to God and are working and getting closer to God and are getting closer to God by His grace, then what's that going to do? Well, they're going to they're get stronger together. They're going to get closer together as well. And look, you get two people in a relationship that are both pursuing God passionately, that's hard to go wrong in that relationship. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, what's going to hinder that relationship is always something that's unspiritual. It's not spirit-led. It's not of the Lord. It's not looking to the Lord. That's what's going to hinder the relationship. That's going to be there somewhere. And there's never been a relationship where both people are passionately looking to God, you know, that, 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 that blows up. I, I, don't believe, I don't believe that would be the case. And, uh, and so um, I'll just end with this. When we get to the end of our lives together, the house we had, the cars we drove, the things we possessed, won't matter. What will matter is that we had each other and we served the Lord together. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I pray that uh, these things would just uh, 